Hi, friends, and welcome to the Colorado Beauty RN Podcast. Your host is Jenny Garland, a registered nurse, aesthetic provider, injectables trainer, and owner of Colorado Beauty RN in Castle Rock, Colorado. Hey guys, welcome to episode 7 of the Colorado Beauty RN Podcast. In today's Beauty Buzz, we're talking about how the FDA got involved in skincare. All right, let's do this. So skincare traditions have been passed on for thousands of years. You've probably heard of people, or even done it, I have, of putting aloe on a burn, or maybe tea tree oil on acne, and chamomile can help soothe irritated skin. Those are all tips based on observations that have been passed on for hundreds of years, which is pretty much how things rolled until the 1930s. In the 30s, there were traveling shows with vendors that went around the country and sold magical potions to solve problems like dull skin, short lashes, that kind of thing. So two incidents happened. First, vendors were selling a popular feel-good tonic that promised just to make you feel fantastic. It didn't. Uh, It killed people and ended up having antifreeze in it. And then at the same time, Different vendors were selling this eyelash dye so people wouldn't have to apply mascara as often. Sounds great. However, 12 people went blind and one died. So in 1938, Congress gave FDA the power over food, drug, and cosmetic products. The whole purpose of this was to make sure that every cosmetic and personal care product was safe and that the ingredients were safe. One of the issues with this today is that the FDA has used the same definitions for 80 years. So they define a drug as any substance that alters the structure or function of the body, and they describe a cosmetic as any product except soap that's intended for cleaning, beautifying, promoting attractiveness, or altering appearance. The problem is we know a lot more about skin than we did 80 years ago. We didn't realize that skin was a living tissue 80 years ago. And we know that some cosmetics can and do change the structure and function of the body. So technically they should be classified as drugs. And drugs have a lot more oversight than cosmetics. Kind of along these lines, I just wanted to go over quickly the difference between over-the-counter and medical grade beauty products. Over-the-counter, or OTC, are sold at drugstores and places like Ulta and Sephora. There's no prescription required, and the active ingredients are not legally allowed to surpass a certain level. On the other hand, medical-grade skincare requires a prescription. Formulas are designed to reach deeper into the skin for a more dramatic improvement, and they can have higher concentrations of active ingredients. So the three things to remember are it was the Wild West until 1938 when Congress gave the FDA oversight of the cosmetics industry. Medical grade skincare does have advantages. It requires a prescription so you could get your skin evaluated by an experienced provider who can recommend the right products and using the right products can help prevent future issues, which means you'll be less likely to need aggressive and pricier medical treatments to deal with skin problems. Today's FAQ is, can't I just buy medical grade skincare that I see on Amazon or eBay? Sometimes you'll see brands pop up on Amazon or eBay by vendors, not the company like Zio Skin Health, Skin Medica, or SkinCeuticals. They may be cheaper, but they're often non-authentic products, kind of like 
hair products you don't want to buy. Paul Mitchell, they always have those labels. I remember that as a kid. If you're buying it at the grocery store, it's not real, something like that. So oftentimes when spas go out of business, they have a whole lot of inventory. So sometimes people will post those online and just try to get rid of them. So who knows how long that they've been on the shelf and what kind of storage they've been in and a hot garage. It's hard to measure the potency of the product if you don't know where it came from and the expiration date. So it could be fine, but for a couple more dollars, I think it's better just to make sure you buy the real thing. Okay, so that wraps up episode seven about the FDA getting involved in skincare and the differences between over-the-counter and medical-grade skincare. I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Colorado Beauty RN Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take just one moment to leave a review on iTunes. Click subscribe to get the latest episodes sent directly to you.